this is the uh, this is the first use on the computer. Oh, got it running finally. Finally, it was it was a, a whole thing. It was a, an entire thing. Um, the saga continues. Is it finally over now? Is it all running and everything? It good? should be over now. Everything should be over. Mm-hmm. So, whenever I had posted that video of uh, of the uh, the computer running and everything, mm-hmm. I noticed that the RAM wasn't lighting up, and I googled <laughs> it and. There were some people who were like, oh, yeah, you, you got to manually turn it on sometimes and this, that, and the other thing. So I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I have to manually turn it on. But I went to go install the software, and it wouldn't do anything, and it wouldn't display out. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay. So it took me like two hours of Googling, and they're like, oh, if the RAM's not seated all the way, it won't boot. Oh, my so God, I'm- you had the exact same problem. Man, if you had watched our build video... This is this is why you watch every piece of content that comes uh, on the channel, there, Neil. Because if you had watched our build video, you would have seen us do the exact have the exact same problem. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I took and I looked at everything, and I pushed on it. Even still, I'm like, it's still like looks like it's not like it. it felt like it was in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I, I tried it again. And I was like, you have to rank on that mm-hmm. shit, and that is. Yeah, that it, scared scared the hell out of me. Yeah, there's a certain click that happens, at least it happened for ours, that you really have to push on it. And it, it feels like it's in, but it just isn't. Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Ryan with Old Man Gaming, and for whatever reason, you have decided to tune into another Horrible Gaming Podcast. But I am not alone, nor am I ever. With me is... Neil, a.k.a. A Tiny Wizard. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go over it. We're going to go over some news. We're going to talk about the world of video games uh, for a, probably a longer period than either one of us think we're going to talk about. But before we get into that, we got to <laughs> do a couple of credits, as usual. Number one, if you're watching this on YouTube behind the fancy timestamps, you will see fancy graphics. Any of them that are originally created for this channel are created with any original graphics for this channel by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And as far as the theme song goes, the theme song for this show and all the shows here at OMG are provided by the man who makes the music, my brother, Nick Van Sliders. We thank him for that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Alright, so with that out of the way, we do our first segment, our most important segment, and that is fan interaction. That is where we, the co-hosts, talk to you guys, the fans. We kind of read out all the comments that we see anywhere on any piece of, of, of media that we can find them. Uh, we riff on them. We answer questions. All the fun stuff. So uh, let's get into it. Uh, first, Jason commented uh state of the k2 has one more bounty pack to release then they have one for every month and they uh and they automated the bounty pack rotation 
So they don't need to manually do it anymore, which is very interesting, uh, uh, Jason. I actually responded to that because we were talking about the whole games of service thing and, and single player kind of taking notes from games of service, and I don't really think anything is a games of service anymore, or everything is, you know, that sort of thing, that, that kind of conversation we've been having. Uh, so I responded and said that's really cool. It is still a very GAS feature. Not saying it was bad or anything, just using it as an example of GAS features ending up everywhere nowadays. To which he then responded back to me. I was more focused on the question of whether they, uh, of whether the game would work without the devs, and they seem to have made it mostly so that it won't need them. Uh, not on, uh, not to say that they'll stop doing things for it though. They still occasionally do things for State of Decay One. Uh, this is true. The thing is, though, is with the bounty pack, there is still a server. There's still an internet connection that's disseminating it to the games. And if the uh, if the devs decided to turn that off, that feature would go away. Like that's that. Like it'll just it would just be stuck on the last bounty pack that uploaded permanently. I would think. Um, so just saying that. But overall, you're completely correct, Jason. I I think that. It is interesting how they do things, and I and I, I do want to say right now, I wasn't insulting Undead Labs at all. State of Decay 2 is one of my all-time favorite games, and while they have made some interesting choices with their DLCs that I don't necessarily agree with, which I've said on the stream multiple times, I don't need to go into it here, um, they are really good at updating the game, staying with the game, and adding new features to the game, even though it isn't technically a game's service. Uh, but, but basically, we were kind of using it as an example back and forth is all that 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 broke down to uh anything to add to that neil uh no no i don't think there's anything uh to add to that i mean a games as a service i mean like you said before it's kind of a nebulous concept at this point it is because it really has become it's thrown around and also avoided in such a way because i think there's no real banner way to do it like there's good examples but even still the thing is is like implementations of games as a service only work certain ways for certain games. There's no like, right. I there's mean, no way to blanket it. The, the thing is, is uh, my problem is that everybody has either a games as services, evil connotation about it, you know, or they don't care. But like the people who have that games as service, evil sort of situation, like that, that just hear that sentence and make them cringe. I mean, so many games just have so many aspects of it. it. It doesn't make me cringe anymore because I, a developer saying it's games of service or even not saying it's games of service doesn't mean anything to me anymore because they've been so kind of up and down with what games of service is and what it should be expected and 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 taking some features and not taking others. That I feel like games of service is just. Afraid, like it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any difference to me anymore. It's just been so overly used and overly hated, and overly blamed that like it just doesn't. I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't do anything for me because you tell me games of service. I'm like, okay, what is that going to be? Is that does that mean a subscription fee? Does that mean that we're going to have weekly bullshit that we have to do every week? Does that going is that does that mean that we're just going to get free updates regularly with content? Like, what what does games of service mean anymore? Is just no. I don't know. It just doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
So then we go to uh, we go to the Keptutal. It's all him after that. Uh, uh, theme song says it all. Really not that good. Well, we're not false advertising here, Kev. Kev, oh damn! I'm sorry, man. I am sorry that USB hub didn't work. No, it was definitely said off the record that it failed. Okay, yeah, it, it failed. So. <clears throat> Just so that everybody knows what the hell is going on with that, uh, my Xbox, uh, I have an original Xbox. It's got three USB ports. Two of them decided to die. Uh, the one that didn't die is the one that I have used basically for years, whereas the other ones just had things plugged into them permanently. Uh, so for whatever reason, I'm very scared that the one is going to die. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, he's a PC gamer. Why does he care anymore? Well, I do all the OMGW capturing on my Xbox. So all of the match because I have 2019 on my Xbox. I don't want to buy 2019 again digitally because it's always like 60 bucks and I don't want to buy a 2-year-old game that's $60 that servers are shut down. Especially since WWE 2K22 is coming out this year. Fingers crossed it's not a shit show. I'm going to actually like get 2022 and update the OMGW roster to that one on my PC, and then it'll be wonderful. But I need to get through this season and at least one more season to do that, realistically. Uh, so with that said, it's very hard to capture, have a game, and have the controllers all with only one USB. <laughs> so Kevin had recommended me a USB hub. I do want to say, Kev and Neil, uh, that USB hub actually says it's high speed. It actually says it cleanly on the box. Because I looked back at it, and uh, uh, yeah, so it just doesn't work. So the high-speed thing doesn't work for I, I, whatever. I'm just going to try and make it work with plugging and plugging in whatever. But well, thank, you, thank you, Kev, for the recommendation anyway. I appreciate it. I got returnless record, and if anybody wants to buy it, I'll sell it to them for like 10 bucks because GameStop doesn't take it, and I still have it because Amazon did returnless return. <laughs> Well, I would say, though, with something like that, high speed just can mean, like, high speed for maybe one device. Um, I think... And it doesn't, on, it doesn't you know, have one device. I only plugged one device into it. Oh, well, never mind then. Yeah, yeah I mean, it should straight. work. It should 100% work, and it doesn't. Yeah, I've had stuff like that before, and even, like, chargers and stuff that I've had. Like, I have uh, one of my wall plug chargers for my phone... Uh, it's got multiple plugs on it, and it's like a 65-watt wall charger. So, like, when I plug my phone in it, like, I can get, a uh, like, a half charge from nothing in, mm -hmm. like, 10 minutes. It's right. super fast. But um, if I were to plug something else into it, it automatically cuts that way down. So, like, it could be one of those things where it's like, yeah, sure, it says it can do this, but that's under the assumption that you're only doing one thing at the at once with it, you know. Right. But, yeah. Hopefully you find – Are <clears throat> so you got a different one or nope. you're – Just nope. unplugging and plugging back in. Uh, I, I did – basically I did some efficiency stuff on the, on the Xbox so that uh, the Xbox itself has everything on it that it needs to run without the external. Uh, and I, I don't really play any games on it. So if I need to play one of those games, I'll plug it back in. But for the overhead, the only thing going in and out of that slot is the USB for capturing, which is how it was before. So just fingers crossed that doesn't die too. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kev then says, ew, skin you could peel off. 
My God, Neil, see a doctor. That needs proper medical attention. So I remember this because I didn't say anything at the time, but after he pointed it out, it did sound weird. You were talking about the latex paint uh, in the in the green paint, and you were like, oh, it's latex paint, so it gets hard, and it's like skin you can peel off. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically like peeling it, off skin. It's not like, no! you can, There's so many peels of things that you could have done other than that. Seriously. That's a I terrible mean, example. How how I, often I are you peeling skin off yourself? You should see. Well, a I just got I just got done telling you about how I just got randomly sunburnt. This is true. They didn't today. hear that though. Oh yeah, whenever whenever I get sunburnt, I usually peel. So, mm. and the summer is about the only time where I go outside and exist in sunlight. So, well, that's all for the show, everybody. We'll see you next. <laughs> see, <laughs> see you never, because we're canceled. Because uh, that was gross. Um, okay, moving right along. Blizzard needs. To to wipe the management slate clean and replace everyone above production uh, above production work is Kevin's solution to Blizzard's problem. I well, they've been hemorrhaging more people. Look, I think Blizzard uh, I think Bl- Blizzard's prom- problems are more systemic than just getting rid of the CEOs and the people in management. I just, I just do because the people above those CEOs and people in management are people at Activision who are CEOs and people in management. So I I think every game company is every game company has a serious corruption running through it and uh uh yeah, I I I mean it's going to take a lot to fix the game industry in my opinion. Yeah. Uh and then we go Steam Deck comes with running Steam OS which is based on Linux. Valve said you can put Windows on it, which would then give you access to Games Pass. I'm sorry I wasn't clear last week. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's, it's no problem. We, we had already kind of come to that conclusion. Uh, then he says, Friday day shift. Those are rookie numbers. Gonna need to bump those up if you want to get somewhere around here. That is definitely a quote from somewhere, and I can't remember what it is because I'm tired. And I'm sorry, Kev, and I'm sure I'm going to get shit for not remembering what it is, but it's definitely a quote from somewhere. Um, and that's it. That's it for fan traction, unless you got something to add, man. No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, I do want to just go ahead and throw a question out here because anybody who watched... have done that in a while. I know, I know. I decided to switch it up. Anybody who's watched our OMFD for August, uh, that, that was posted on Saturday, uh, basically we... Uh, uh, we answered a question from uh, this one pro- provided from Jason, the professor. Um, and personally, uh, I really like the question. We've already answered it as foundation people. We already answered it. Uh, so I'd like to, I'd like to hear you guys out there, uh, what you guys think of this question. Uh, and the question is in an alternate universe, where two games slash franchises were developed as a single game, what is this amalgamation briefly described? Example, Grand Theft Auto Silent Hill, a race, a race car driver that ties to the mob wakes up tied up, open, uh, tied up in the open trunk of a car. After using nearby materials to free himself, he finds himself alone with evidence that a rival family has taken his beloved car and beyond that, his wife and kid. He, as he sets out off toward the mark on the map, he finds himself... Uh, in Eldritch Town of Silent Hill, 
stalked by twisted facsimiles of mob enforcers, forced to perform macabre and bizarre races by phantom racers, and along the way explore the darkest depths of his psyche. Uh, so I just I, I just like this whole put two uh, 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 franchises together. So if you guys out there feel like answering the question in the comments below, we'll read them out next week and talk about them. Uh, we, I, especially since we're going to have a very short period uh, between this recording and the next recording, so we're going to need shit to talk about. So <laughs> feel, feel free to add it. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for Franchaction. That's everybody who commented. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so our first talking point, I'm really excited to talk about this. Uh, if you guys are native to the channel and you watch all of our stuff, you'll have noticed that I, there's already a review slash first impressions video that I posted on Monday about it. Uh, so go check that out for kind of a, a very focused, in-depth review of it. But I got to play the open beta of Back for Blood uh, quite a bit over the weekend. Uh, I'm super excited about it. I want to. I want to talk about it, Neil. Alrighty. Well, go um, on ahead. <laughs> well, what do you want to know? Uh, well, there. Let, let's put it this, this way. You said this was going to spiral off. This is yeah. No. Uh, it's not anything that I really want to know. There's one thing that I do know that actually just pumped the brakes for me on this thing as a whole. Okay. Right. But but no, let's let's actually talk about it okay. first. So right. I mean I, I didn't I didn't end up playing it, but I did watch a little bit of the stream with you and the Phils. Um uh, I, hopefully I was, not like, the first forty minutes because we had serious technical difficulties for Oh no, it was the it was the end of it. It was the oh, absolute good. end of it that good. we caught. Um, so so there was definitely some technical difficulties we had, um, and if you watch the stream with the Phils, because I did a community stream earlier that day with uh, Jason and Danny. Uh, Danny had to bow out. She actually got sick. Uh, I hope you're feeling better, Danny. Uh, but uh, uh, me and Jason kind of finished it, so it was, it was the three of us. And then later that day, I did another one with the Phils, and Jason actually came back, because uh, Jason is enjoying this game as well. I, I think every time I played, I played with Jason. So, um, but, uh, uh, yeah, the Phil's one, we like at the tail end of the first one, we actually ended that stream a little bit early. It was only like an hour and 13 minutes because we got through a run. Well, we died at the end of the first run and it took us about an hour to get there. Uh, and, we couldn't get the game to like let us in. It just kept saying matchmaking failed over and over again. Uh, so when we went back in with the fills, we got the same thing. We switched to, to everybody else's game. We got that for a while. Uh, it took us like 40 minutes, and then finally we got in, which was a real bummer because I was like, I've been wanting Phil to see this game because they've added aspects to this game that I, I just think he's going to love uh, in the long run. Um, but we finally got into We finally got to play it, uh, and it was just... It's just fucking phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal. I also played it alone in quick play for about 40 minutes, which is the the actual uh, video that I used for capturing for the review. And then I also played it one more time uh, last night as of this recording, which would be Saturday night with Jason for some time. And that was, was absolutely awesome. Uh, we basically did the entire entirety of the review uh, of the beta in, in like a two-hour session. Um, so it works a lot like the old Left 4 Deads. 
Uh, there's episodes. They take place in four acts, basically. Uh, those four acts run a lot the same way that the old ones is. You're going from a safe room to a safe room, uh, fighting just hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies. Uh, you get to the safe room, you kind of uh, you have this like break, then it loads you back in, and you have to like rearm yourself. You open the door, you head to the next safe room, and then usually the last act has some sort of like big finale thing that you have to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's hordes of freaks, hordes of zombies, hordes of everything. Um, they, they really, this beta, uh, really gave you a taste of everything they're offering, not just on the front of how it's like Left 4 Dead, but also on the front of what they've added to it to make it so much more playable and give it this replayability and that's the card system which really really had me worried when i first heard about it uh because i've been watching the i've been watching the news on this game obviously i've been very excited anybody who knows i've been watching the news on it for a long time and uh just card systems and collectible card systems have just shown up in all games even though they don't really belong all the time and uh, this this game, I was like, man, I don't know that that's going to work. I feel like maybe that's shoehorned in. I don't know that I like that. Once I got to play with it, it was fantastic. It gives so much more replayability to the game, and it allows you to define your play style, uh, especially with the characters, uh, which Left 4 Dead never did. Left 4 Dead had, you know, four characters, and... One and two had four different characters, and they were basically skins of the same model. There was no, like, behind-the-scenes, like, equipping stuff or anything like that. This one, you can basically set up how... Do you want to play as a support character? Do you want to play as a medic? Do you want to play a shooter? Do you want to play a melee guy? You can really set it up that way with this card system. And uh, it's just... Mm, I, I, I really feel like they're kicking on all cylinders. Like I said, there was a couple of things that bothered me, but it's a beta... So, like, how much can you hold against them? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like you're going to have connectivity issues in an open beta a month and a half before it's coming out. You just are. Like, I've never played one that didn't have it. Although, I do want to say, while I'm sure other people had problems, for me, once I got into a game, I never got booted, and I didn't have bad lag. And I think that's pretty good for a beta. Like, I did have some trouble getting into games, never had problems inside the games ever. They they were all they always ran very smoothly for me. They were very good. Uh, the only thing that I'll say is there's this bug that happened uh, yesterday uh, at the tail end of the final act of the final thing that they had available. They had basically they had two four act things available to you. You know two four act settings, right? Yeah. Uh, and they actually make it so that you can just run through them like a game. You don't have to like keep jumping out or whatever so like we did the first four then we went into the second four we get to the last mission and the zombies that are supposed to swarm you like basically what the mission is is all the zombies are coming out of this mine you have to take this big howitzer and you have to very it takes a really long time to load and fire and basically you have to fire it five times at the mine entrance to collapse the mine to stop the zombies from coming in um and like it it bugged out so the zombies wouldn't spawn. So basically that last final thing, you'd go in with the four people, you just slowly load the howitzer, shoot it, slowly load the howitzer, shoot it five times, and then you just drive away, uh, which was kind of comical. But, <laughs> but, but other than that, I didn't notice any real bugs in play, 
One thing I also enjoyed is that when people did drop out, uh, you got bots that were relatively, like, obviously they did things that were stupid, but they were relatively competent as far as getting kills and supporting you, which I really enjoyed that as well. There's a ping system in this one that was never in the first one. They added the aim down sights, which was never in the first one. Uh, there's so many more characters. There's actually going to be eight characters. I thought there was only going to be four, but you get to play as five characters in the beta, well, you got to play as five characters in the beta. And then there was three characters that were locked. Uh, so that's exciting. And, and what's even more that they added to it is that each one of those characters has their own ability, bonuses, buffs, and powers to themselves. So they, they have something extra to the character that you're playing. So there's even a strategy to that. Uh, so yeah, so I, I'm very hyped for this uh there's been very few triple a experiences that i've seen well actually there's been no triple i'll be honest there's been no triple a experiences i've seen for probably the last two years that have really like been exactly what i wanted them to be this actually looks like it's got a chance to being that and more so uh so go ahead and ask your questions i i think i've kind uh -huh. of given a, the biggest overview that i can i um i mean i it sounds good and it's definitely I mean, it's definitely sounds like it's evolved that Left for Dead formula. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, I I saw the open beta was going on, and uh, I was going to actually remote install it when I was at work, so that way I could get home and uh, and play it afterwards with my wife. And uh, I found out that there's no split screen, no couch co-op no couch co-op and that is like, a it's that is it's a going to be that way in the final release too and honestly that on its own just plummeted my excitement for the game because I mean, really like that's that yeah to you yeah because it's it was the same with uh they did that with halo 5 also they cut out the split-screen uh, co-op slash split-screen multiplayer as well. And it was the same situation. The second I found out about that, I've never co-opted Halo 5's campaign because you have to go in, you know, get somebody who wants to play it, this, that, and the other thing. Right. There are some, there are some games, some experiences that when you play them, they are experienced a certain way. And while sure, Back for Blood is not Left for Dead, right? It has very much made itself out to be, hey guys, you remember this thing? We're picking up that mantle and we're being that thing. And to leave that on the cutting room floor for me, that's that's a big thing for me. I it's it not like me at all. Uh, it's uh, for me. I like, thought you were going to be bothered sure, by the card system. No, uh, no, I, I. I I'm okay with a, a card system in a game, depending on how it functions. I didn't like Fallout 76s. That was right. stupid. Right. But like, and you know, it just depends that's on the what I thought. Like when I when I first heard the card system for Back for Blood, I was like, Fallout 76, no, please don't do this. Please don't do this. But it, it's just so much better than that. I was so much more wowed by the uh, the uh, card system. Uh, in yeah, this. I, I'm kind of surprised that you're that bo bothered by that couch co-op. It didn't even, it wasn't even a blip on my radar. The only reason we played couch co-op with that game in the first place is because you couldn't really play it online. Like at he first, anyway, you just you because when that first came out, you just got friends over. You know, Xbox Live wasn't as prominent. I guess is what I would. Yeah, say. 
and and like I get that too, but like there's other games out there that are like that. Like with Smash Brothers, Smash Ultimate. I love Smash. I will play it with a group of people any chance I get. But like I have Nintendo Online, I have zero desire to go online and play that game. Well, and I get there's... that. I feel like a Nintendo game to me. Like if somebody had said to me Mario Golf was coming out with no no local multiplayer that to me would be like how do you expect to make any money off that like that to me like i don't know i just never think thought of left for dead or left for dead 2 as a party game i guess would be the best way to describe it you know like getting people together to play it i never i never thought yeah. of those games as that and I mean, like, I, you did. You're right. You did do that with them. I mean, I I don't think I ever played Left 4 Dead one or two online. So like, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. It just it never even crossed my mind in this day and age that it would be anything uh, other than play play on the. I mean, and I will say now that you got the PC, uh, Kayla can play on the Xbox, and you can play on the PC. Which is true, and yeah. like that's and that's a viable option. But then at the same time, like, sure, we're both playing together at the same time on the same game. But there's also something to be said too about you know physically sitting there next to the person playing it, doing it, you know, whatever. So and people are gonna call you a boomer in this in this segment. I, I know that. And, <laughs> and if that's and if that's the case, that's fine. But you know that. From me, myself, how I experience those games, that is that is how that like, that is how I see it. That's the experience that I'm looking for. Like I I am not saying like, oh, you know, this is the only it the game is bad if it doesn't have it. Like, right, right, right. I, I'm, I, I'm, what you're saying. It looked it looked good, but it immediately lost a lot of its appeal once I found out that it didn't have split screen. And I understand too, you know, Going forward, as games get bigger and bigger, you know, there are technical limitations. Yeah. And, you know, as creators, they have an like an artistic idea as to what they want their end result to be. Right. And they don't want to, you know, cut or sacrifice anything that they don't have to just to put in a feature that, you know, other people may or may not want. Right, right, right. So, like, I, I also get that, too. But, like... For me myself, like I said, it's just this game in particular. I I, I, it's, I see it's what you're saying. Off of I, my radar. I I see what you're saying because of that. I I don't think that like, I mean like you and I don't play in person. We haven't played in person in a long time. We very rarely play in person together. You know, I right. don't play with the Phils in person. I don't play with Jason in person. He lives in another state. So it to me it's like. I like I feel like the couch co-op thing and and I know a lot of people want it. We talked about it with Borderlands because, you know, the couch co-op was so nightmarish when when it was, you know, when it launched. Oh yeah. And yeah, it, and yeah. it did affect me because me and Phil had our usual like get together uh, but whenever a Borderlands comes out, we always get together and try and play as long as we can in the night <laughs> through as much of the game as we can. Uh, so we did do that, as per se we usually do, uh, and that and we really felt that then. So I get that, but like, I can maybe count on my hand the number of times I've played games with somebody in person uh, in the last like five years, you know. So it just it just doesn't. It doesn't even register to me as a as a thing, and I, I also feel like 
I feel like one thing they're trying to do with this game, and it's very evident from when you're playing the beta and what they've added to it, is they're trying to take this game from that that kind of like co-op or party experience or like a novelty game. Like, I love Left 4 Dead. I love Left 4 Dead 2, and I don't want to insult the people who play it like people still play it because it's so great but it is kind of a novelty act on certain things it was a very niche game with just like four acts and it was just kind of like an in the moment game you know what i mean yeah. uh so i they're very clearly trying to take it from that and make it into uh something more mainstream something bigger while still clinging to the stuff that made that game Great, and I think they're actually striking a really good balance on that. Uh, I think that like um, there is also I, I talked about it uh, in the review. Uh, one of my biggest concerns is I do want to have a way to play this by myself, just because, especially when you put something in the game like a grindy aspect, such as collecting cards and stuff. I want to be able to just like not talk to somebody and just run through it over and over again, so that I can grind out stuff, you know. Uh, whereas I'm, I'm sure there's the opposite end of the spectrum. I know Phil Billy for a fact would much rather when he's doing the grindy stuff, be playing with somebody else so that he has like chit chat and something for his brain. Whereas me, I just like to just do it over and over again in silence, you know? Um, but I, I wanted a solo, I wanted a way to play this. And there is like a little option in the bottom that says solo campaign, but it's just blacked out for the beta. So I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that is going to be an option later on, which is nice. So I don't know. I feel like. I feel like, I mean, when you play the game, you really feel the love for Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 in it. There are some downsides, though. There is some things that I, I was left wanting on it, and uh, namely was the freaks. Okay. So, like, sorry, I had to take a drink. My throat, <laughs> I was like, did my throat I lose is, you? killing me today i don't know why i haven't done a lot of recordings lately i would think it would be well rested but for some reason it is just killing me today so like okay so you remember the freaks in left for dead too uh yeah do you remember like do you have a very clear image of what they were and what they did still to this day not really. Really? I primarily, I prim- primarily played the first one. The first okay. one's the one, only one that I own. Okay, Left 4 Dead 1. The second one I played a, a handful of times. Okay, Left 4 Dead 1. Do you have a clear image of the freaks from that one? Oh, yeah. Exactly. And and why do you think you have a clear image of the ones from that one? Uh, probably because they were the same. <laughs> uh, they were like... They were like... I mean... They had, it was very much, uh, you heard, yeah, you heard, well, not just that too. I think it's the fact that like, they always had an audio indicator. Mm -hmm. Somebody on the screen would have like on, on the game would have a call out, say, oh, there's a smoker or something like that. So then you would know, oh, okay. There's something around here. Yeah. And like the ways they attacked you felt very unique too. I felt like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, like the jockeys and the and the tongue guys and the witches, you know, the witches. I mean, just the witches right there. Yeah. Uh, like, you remember the fear you have when you had to, like, when you found a witch and she was in a hallway that you couldn't get around, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, 
that's my biggest problem so far with Back for Blood is the freaks in this don't feel unique. They don't they don't feel special. There's no real auditory thing. I mean, there's definitely call outs from teammates. They'll be like, Oh, we got a hawker or oh we got a bruiser. But when like their animations, their the, everything to them, there's just no personality there. There's no like there's no audio call. There's nothing like that. There's no like Oh man, I can hear him somewhere. I know he's here. I can hear him, but I can't see him. There's none of that, um, and that hurt my experience a little bit. Uh, just because, like, they they just kind of blended into the masses, really, uh, which was a little bit of a bummer. To the point where, like, the, the bruisers are these big, like, one-armed monster things that like punch you, uh, and then there's another thing called crushers which are big one-armed monsters that look exactly like bruisers in the moment of the gunfight that just grab you and crush you instead of punching you. Like that kind of stuff. It was just very samey, uh, which yeah. was my biggest problem with it so far, is that the freaks really don't feel like... like Man, I still have nightmares about uh, one of those sm smokers catching you with his tongue and dragging you slowly towards him, you know? Yeah. Uh, and you just you don't... You don't get that in this game, and I thought that was... There are, like, a handful of, like, really interesting design-wise creatures. They have one where it's a zombie that it's just the upper half of a human that's just stuck to the side of a wall, and it's like a landmine. If you walk too close to it, it just jumps out and grabs you and pins you down and starts eating you. Like, it launches the top half at you. That's a really cool design, but there's no, like special auditory to know that it's around somewhere there's there's nothing like that and uh that that hurt me a little bit if i if i have to be a little bit negative that would be my biggest negative to it hmm. yeah Wait. i i i don't know that's yeah i i feel like that would kind of take away from the actual experience yeah. because it was with left for dead it was very much like you knew the the uh -huh. scenario that you got dropped in it was always the same and for the most part you knew where the general area were was that some of these things would show up because that was one of the greatest things is they kind of got like randomly dropped yeah, into yeah. certain locations so it was never like oh remember around this corner you know there's x y and z yeah um like the but, map is the same but they toy with this like element of roguelike you know yeah. that that like not full roguelite. The map isn't different. The map's always the same, but like what you can do in it is always different. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that's that's one thing that might get to me. Did uh, did you notice at all if they still do that whole random yes. sort of placement? They do. Okay. So so the thing that the upside of this game. And and that's the thing that I loved is is like aside from any of the issues that I have, you can just the minute you start playing this, you can just feel the like love for the original two games. You know what I mean? Like it just it just comes so quickly screaming out of your computer screen at you that you're like, oh my god, this really feels like they're they're trying to make a Left 4 Dead three, um, but the maps have so many more things that randomly generate now too where you have these like little things called toolkits that take up a utility spot but if you have one you can get into certain doors or certain chests they have chests that drop with guns and ammo in them randomly around the locations certain doors can be openable on one playthrough and then those doors aren't openable on another playthrough so like 
So like there's sometimes a room there and sometimes there isn't. There like every time you go through plus 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 what they added to it is this thing called the corruption cards. Like in addition to the cards that you're getting to give yourself perks, you have these things called corruption cards that keep getting drawn which change the 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 way, like they'll they'll give buffs to your bad guys they'll give buffs to the monsters they'll spawn more monsters there's a bunch though that like literally change kind of the way you move through the landscape my favorite one that i got in the beta was called the mist and basically it just puts the whole map in this fog this dense fog that makes it really hard to see in front of you. And it just changes the way you have to move through this map that you've gone through already seven or eight times. So that is still there 100%. And I would say that's one of its strongest things. I, I would actually say as far as character-wise too, the characters in this are so well done. They're well written. The, the powers make them interesting and unique. Uh, it's just... Mm, that those have more character than anything else in the game and it shines through a lot well i mean whenever it eventually launches i'm sure i will try it but well, it's in games pass you got to i'm gonna make right it. like that's oh, okay. going to happen like you will uh, have to try it <laughs> and you will have to play it with me it's just going to happen okay <laughs> all right well uh i think i mean if you've got any other questions for me before we move on to the next one? Uh, no, I do not. Right. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Alright, so we were scrounging the barrel for our second talking point a little bit today, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. Phil Spencer got his got a chance to try the Steam Deck, and he says it handles great and that it runs Windows and Games Pass uh, quite well. So basically, he just he just put it out in the world. Hey, these guys made a Games Pass uh, Games Pass handheld. Go buy it. Uh, so yeah, um, this is really interesting to me. Uh, and we've been we've been going back and forth with uh, with Kev about whether or not this is a thing. You know, like like if you could play it on Games Pass or whatever. You know. So there it is. It's answered. You can, and it runs good apparently. Yeah, so I mean that's just another feather in this thing's cap. Mm -hmm. uh, I still, I'm still really curious to see how the the Steam Deck is going to perform long term, given you know how they've marketed it, who they've marketed it towards, because Nintendo and Valve both have very different demographics. It's just Valve is like, hey, that's a good idea, let's do that too, but with our stuff, you know, right. essentially. Like, on paper, I get vibes of Sony with the PSP, but I don't think it's going to go that way. <laughs> right. Because right. the PSP, like, it was okay. The original PSP, like, before they tried the Vita, the PSP itself was fine. It definitely, it, it did the same thing. It was like, hey, Nintendo, you guys do the portable thing. We're going to do that, too. We're going to put our stuff on it. But the games that were available were available toward like they were targeting a different demographic and eventually it petered out because sony just got all convoluted with it but i don't think that that same sort of mistake is going to be made with steam because steam i mean 
anymore it's pretty much they just have this mindset they're focused on the games is like we are a storefront here's the things even with epic coming in and throwing their money around steam's still number one you know in pc like uh, as a pc platform so i think that they very much have their wits about them as to what they want the steam deck to be as in what they want it to be for people and what their goals are for it in the long term. Um, like, I get kind of the knee-jerk reaction to compare it to the PSP, uh, but I, I don't think they're comparable just because the PSP... <clears throat> the problem with the PSP is that every game you bought on the P PSP, you had to buy for the PSP in addition to whatever you are also buying for your PlayStation games. Uh, whereas Steam Deck has just, just built-in library already available to you. If you're on Games Pass, bam, you've got Games Pass. And anything you've already purchased on Steam is just available to you. Now, of course, if you're going right. into this as not a PC player, as looking to buy a PC for the first time... <coughs> excuse me, sorry, my throat is killing me for some reason today. If you're looking at this to, to getting into the Steam world for the first time, it's probably very similar to the PSP because you're going to have to rebuy those games and buy them, buy them for the first time or whatever. But at the same time, even then, you got Games Pass right there. You got everything on Games Pass. So I think right there, it has, it has its advantages that isn't there. And the initial demographic for Switch and Steam Deck very different. Not going to disagree with you on that uh, on that front. But at the same time. I would say, I would argue that the demographic for PlayStation and Xbox are very different as well at this point, uh, but they're still competitors. I think in the same way, you're looking at a, a competition between Switch and uh, uh, Valve, maybe not as severe as your PlayStation and Xbox, uh, but at the same time, I think I think there's some competition there. They're, they're competing for the handheld market at this point, uh, so it's very, especially with the OLD OLED being released when it did, the Steam Deck announcing when it did, and what the prices are and what the OLED is giving you versus the Steam Deck. I just don't think it's a coincidence uh, that this story kind of dwarfed this, the OLED, you know, five days after it came out, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I get this. I, I Not that I get this feeling. I do wonder what... Steam's plan is going to be with the Steam Deck. Is this more so like they've is this going to be something like the Steam boxes that they tried to do to where like oh we're doing this thing it's kind of an experiment and to see where it goes and it just kind of flubs right out of the gate, you know, essentially or is it going to be one of those <coughs> things to where they already have like a long-term plan for the Steam Deck. Like, are they assuming that it's going to be an automatic success given what it objectively, like, is, does, and can do? I'd love to see their pre-order numbers because I think that's what they're basing it all off of. I, I think at the end of the day, that's what they're... I think your Steam box didn't hit the numbers they needed it to hit for it to be worth pursuing. You know, with this one... Yeah. I, I'd love to see the... I'd love to see the pre-order numbers because... Let's face it, this has been pretty popular in the news uh, for the last couple of weeks. Like, it's, it's been very visible uh, by everybody. 
and it hasn't gone away. They're still talking about it. It wasn't like a blip on the radar like the Alienware hand, handheld was, you know, however months ago when we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, this, I already this, forgot about it. Right, exactly. This hasn't come <laughs> and gone. Like, this is still in, in our... And I, I think the reason it hasn't come and gone is the price for what it is. Like, I mean, this is a low-end PC that you can travel around with for cheap, basically, in my in yeah. my opinion. And and that's that's huge to me. Like that's huge to me. Yeah, uh, I go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no go no, ahead. I, I, I just no. <laughs> I don't I don't um like I, I think that they have something here. I don't think this is going away. Will this sell as much as a switch? Time will tell. Personally, if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna say no just because Switch has that market share, Switch has that notoriety, Switch has that that presence, uh, you know. But at the same time, do I think it's going to be a competitor? Do I think it's going to take money away from Switch? Yes. And I also want to point out, the chip shortage, we've already been told, has affected now the Nintendo Switches. And the Nintendo Switches have become very, very, very scarce. If that scarcity increases or even gets smaller and the Steam Deck comes out at the right time amidst that, okay, you, you definitely have a contender because those grandmas are going to go to the store too. And they're not going to be able to get the Switch, but they got to get a little Timmy something, and the Switch Deck is a comparable price, you know? I also, since you bring up the chip shortage, I do sure. wonder how many of these they're going to have available at launch. I mean that's true too. Like, like how how much has this been affected by it? I really I'm willing to wager that it's going to be along the lines of what happened with the Series X and PS5. I think that they've only got you know a comparable handful of them so, to to sell out to people. I I think if that's true, then Valve has made a a big mistake personally because i mean we've had enough time to see what's going on there you know what i mean to see right. the mistakes of playstation and xbox we've had enough time to see it and they announced well after we had seen all the controversy of that shit um and while we have already heard that they've their pre-order they've set up a bunch of pre-order stuff that really helps uh alleviate the scalpers get rid of the scalpers that sort of thing um I still, uh, uh, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. I still think that they had plenty of information to go, you know what? We're not going to tell anybody about this until we have more, more stock to release. You know what I mean? Uh, to build up that stock, we're going to wait another six months until we have enough to honor all our pre-orders and not upset the people out there who want this. You know, so, so I got to say, if, if a year after we saw what happened with Sony and Xbox, they do the same thing, then that's some dumb shit on Valve's part. And that is a serious mistake on their part. Yeah, especially given the fact that, like, with the PS5 and the Series X, we knew they were coming. Right. It was just, like, a matter of when. Right. Uh, but with this, nobody knew anything about right. anything. Like, this came out of nowhere, and we're all like, what? So if they don't have enough 
as right. I'm honestly I'm expecting I'm expecting that I'm 100% expecting no one can get their hands on them that people will buy them and inevitably throw them up on you know whatever whatever eBay Facebook marketplace this that and the other for thousands and thousands of dollars I'm fully expecting that because that's what happens with everything now I mean but, experience has told you right but the problem is is your experience it's so obvious that everybody should be able to see that at this point you know right. so like I, I, while i'm not necessarily i'm not disagreeing with you at all that that could possibly be what happened or is what happened if it is what happens man they made they, they just shit the bet on that uh, just they completely shit the bet on that if that's what happens just because like you said, like, <clears throat> and, and with Xbox and Sony, we knew they were coming, but they didn't even have to say, they didn't even, they didn't even have to say it was coming this year. You know what I mean? They could have still put it off, whereas they just decided to brute force it through, which was a giant mistake. Steam didn't have any pressure. Nobody even knew this thing was a thing, you know? Right. So, so if they made that mistake, that mistake was definitely made in direct response to the Switch OLED. Like, they were like, we need to announce this to fuck them up. And if that's the way they did it, if they if they did that, uh, to do that that way, and they don't have enough stock for it, then there's just no excuse. I, 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 I will be personally tearing them a new asshole if that's what happens uh, come, you know, uh, Steam Deck release day, you know? Well, especially if that's their, if that is their line of thought that, oh wow, this is happened. Like Nintendo is going to release this upgraded Switch, we need to make our announcement too. If they're threatened by an updated screen, sound processor, and a little bit bigger battery on something that already exists, <laughs> what does that say for the confidence of what they're putting out too? So I, I don't know as if that I. I can't imagine that's their line of thinking, though. I think it's one of those that they're they're just trying to... They were trying to ride off of Nintendo's announcement and be like, yeah, you guys want to spend your money on this? How about this instead? Right. Sort of situation. I mean, and that's a mistake. I, I will be the guy who says that's a mistake if that's what they're doing, you know? Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I still think that they've got something here. Uh, regardless oh, yeah. of whether it's a mistake or not, I, I I think that we've been talking about it in the games industry for too long for it not to be going to be a force. You know, uh, right? People are pre-ordering this thing. You know, it's not going anywhere. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh, that's all I got on the subject. Unless you want to go somewhere else with it. No, uh, that's all I got too. Let's move to odds and ends then. Gaming Podcast. That brings us to what's going to be our final segment. That's odds and ends. That's where we collect the little stories, uh, stories that don't necessarily deserve a full talking point, but we want to tell you guys about them. We want to riff on them. Uh, we just want to point them out, uh, that sort of thing. Now, I have four. Neil has two. So I do believe I should go first on this one, right? Yeah, probably. All right. So... My first one, I want to give a big shout out and uh, hope he's doing good to Adam Sessler. Oh, I'm sorry. I actually have five. My bad. Five. Uh, to Adam Sessler from G4. Now, I've said on this channel 
uh, multiple times that I think Adam Sessler is the best gaming journalist in the business right now since he has come back uh, with G4. His reviews are top-notch, entertaining, and good, and thoughtful. His editorials are the same thing. He uh, he posted on Twitter that he basically had to go to the ER for back pain. Uh, he has something called radiculopathy, radiculopathy, something like that. Uh, he made a lot of jokes about it, but you could tell that there was something serious there that he has to now have emergency surgery, which is why you haven't seen him on G4 recently. Uh, and I just hope he gets better because uh, the gaming industry needs him right now. We need cranky Adam Sessler right now. He's just so good. I'm so glad he's back. Uh, I hope uh, swift and healthy recovery to him. Definitely. Yeah, I've noticed that Gerard's been taken over a lot yeah. more. Ed, which, by the way, I think it's awesome that Gerard's going to be on G4 too. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I actually uh, recently kind of started watching G4 stuff uh, a bit more, and then I did notice it's like the past two, three videos has been Gerard, and I didn't mm -hmm. know what had happened. Right. Uh, so yeah, hopefully he's doing all right. One of those moments where where t Twitter comes in handy. Uh, it's usually a cesspool, but you get news there first sometimes, uh, which is was that a it. was that an Adam Sessler joke? It, you know, he calls his thing his, the cesspool. His, yeah, that's what yeah, I said. It's the yeah. cesspool. No, I've I've always just called it a cesspool. I didn't even mean to like. It's not a good cesspool. <laughs> Sessler's is a good cesspool. You should watch all of his reviews, though. His reviews are amazing. I've I, like, I've been systematically phenomenal. going through. He's absolutely actually phenomenal. just. Just to shout out one of the videos that he sure. did, his one on the whole get good culture. Yes, that's yes. that. That was like yes, I was just like clapping the whole time. Like, yeah. yes, all of those things. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he, all of his videos have been spot on. And rarely do I see like when I'm watching video game journalists, somebody that I'm like universally do I agree with his opinions. You know what I mean? Like and. and and almost everything that comes out of his mouth, I'm like, yes, exactly. I'm with you, exactly. Like, and I, I think that he's he's just killing it. He's just killing it. So I, yeah. I hope I hope a speedy recovery. And honestly, aside from all that, I don't want the guy to have back pain. He's a cool dude. So I hope he gets better, just in general. Yeah. Uh, so should I go again then? Yeah, I'll probably go. Yeah, go again. Okay. Uh, so. This is kind of a crazy one, and the reason I wanted to put this in, in the odds and ends is we've talked about this a couple of times on the channel, uh, and I didn't know that this had happened, but I can't remember the name of the original company, but the company that developed Journey to the Savage Planet was bought by Google Stadia Okay. as a first-party developer. And this yeah. came up between us. We talked about it a couple of times where yeah. we said – this is genius because they could be brought on. They'll get all that Google money. Then Google will scrap Stadia. They'll go independent with all the Google money. Well, didn't quite work out that way. Google actually, since they owned it, shut down their studio. <laughs> so oh, because what Google is is hemorrhaging Stadia yeah. money. <laughs> yeah. Well, there had been a story. There had been a story, and I think we actually covered on the podcast that they had shut down a bunch of first-party developers for Stadia. Uh, yeah. Um, but we didn't have a list. Apparently, within that list was the company that created was the developer that created Journey to the Savage Planet. So basically, if you're these guys, Google comes in and goes, "We want to pay you all this money to make first-party stuff for Stadia." They go, "Yes, sure." 
They take the money. Google then goes, hey, we're shutting you down. Like, like literally they bought them, they took the IP, and they, they threw it in the trash. So all the developers from it were like, okay. They left. They started something called Raccoon Games and then purchased back the IP of Journey to the Savage Planet. <laughs> so they're back right. and they're making Journey to the Savage Planet. Still, it was just kind of a weird, like we had talked about it so many times, I felt like once I saw it in the news that I had to kind of like bring that whole thread to a, a close, I guess you would say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It kind of sucks that they had to buy their own IP back. Yeah. From, yeah. Uh, whatever. I really, that. Like, I don't understand why Google wasn't, wasn't just like, hey, you can be independent again. Like, instead of they're like, nope, we own the IP, we own your name, so fuck you. Like, that's that's some shitty shit to me. Right. Like, real shitty shit, in my opinion. Uh, so that's that's two of mine. I still have three to go. Do you want to do one of yours? Well, yeah, I'll do one of mine. And uh, okay. speaking of uh, IP getting thrown in the trash... Um, okay. Apple uh, Apple Arcade is getting a new Castlevania game, sort of. Oh, kind of. I saw this. I almost put this on my list. Almost yeah. Did. So this is a really weird thing. Um, so there's a new Castlevania game, but it's not really new. But it's kind of new, but not really. It's called Castlevania Grimoire of Souls, mm. and it's coming exclusively to Apple Arcade now. Grimoire of Souls may sound a bit familiar because it did, in fact, already come out in a small, like, yep. contained launch in Canada. Um, but it was really only briefly put up there, and they canned it after, I think it was something like two months, three months. Yeah. On Android and iOS as well, I believe. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, three years ago, and now they're just bringing it back to Apple Arcade. Which is, I I mean, yay, Castlevania, but this is bizarre yeah, that bizarre. this is even happening. And I am concerned as to what that game is going to eventually, like, wind up being. Yeah. Because it originally, when it launched in that small, like, limited release, um, it was very much a super free-to-play, microtransaction-heavy sort of thing. So I really hope that it doesn't... I, I want another very pure, side-scrolly Castlevania thing, especially because I've been playing through Symphony of the Night again somewhat recently before I go to bed every so often, so I'm already in that mood. But yeah, really weird. Uh, especially I don't think Konami's put anything out, really. Mm -hmm. Except for, what, har uh, hardcore... It was a hardcore or Contra? It was Contra terrible contra game that came yeah. out like two yeah. years ago that was an abomination yeah uh, yeah but yeah it's, yeah it's bizarre absolutely bizarre um all right uh that is bizarre uh i mean yay castlevania but i i think i think the world is ready for a triple a castlevania entry you know uh, especially with how successful the series was on netflix so i don't I don't understand the logic behind Konami not like either not doing it themselves or just getting a team to do it, you know? Oh, Konami doesn't want to do anything with any of their IP I, at this I point. Know. They just and want to turn it into pachinko machines and 
but that doesn't Crap make any like sense that. to me. It, oh you know yeah, I mean? no, it doesn't. It absolutely makes could, no sense. You could you could even you could even rent out the IP. Like Castlevania is so big, you could like go to another third party developer and be like, "Hey, do you guys want to do Castlevania and just stick our name on it? Pay us." That developer would pay you absolutely, you know, because they want to do Castlevania, depending on the developer you went to. Like, right. I, I just, I, I feel like it's such a bad business decision on their part to not do anything with their IP or even sell them off for paydays, you know? Like, just, right. It's, it's literally like you've got free money sitting in your basement that you just won't use. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, maybe they're thinking it's some sort of backup plan when the pachinko thing inevitably, I'm surprised it hasn't yet, but like fizzles out into nothing. Because, you know, we have, like, there's been no Silent Hill, anything like right. that, to where we've had other other game series step in. It's almost like the uh, the whole Bethesda Obsidian thing, to where... Or the Back for you know, Blood. <laughs> back for, yeah, Back yeah. for Blood, even. Like, yeah. there's everybody wants this one thing, and the people who make the one thing aren't either doing it or doing it right, so then another studio has to come in and do it. Right, right. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay, so you got one more left, so I suppose I should do a, a, a one or two more, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, so next one I have is, and this one, I don't know how to feel about this one, but Shining Force is coming back. It is a, It was a Sega RPG back in the day yeah. that, that me and my brother played quite a bit of. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's it's kind of a weird tactical kind of RPG. It's it's hard to yeah. describe in the context of this, but it was one of those in the vein of Sukiden where you could have just tons and tons of characters uh, in your group and your team. Um, well, it's coming back. It's been gone for like years and years and years. I think like something like thirty years, twenty years, something like that. But it's coming back as a mobile game. Uh, something probably going to be akin to the, the the Fire Emblem Heroes sort of mobile game, I would assume. Uh, I don't know, but uh, this is kind of a bummer for me, although if it's free-to-play, it'll be nice to see a Shining Force property again. Uh, but I would I'll be interested to see how they decide to use it to set themselves apart from the other ones in this genre. Uh, I think the tactical genre has really kind of came back uh, as of the past few years. I think kind of primarily led by uh, led by Fire Emblem's sort of resurgence. And then we've got, like, the Metal Slug games are coming out here soon, too. Right. So I like the, the tactics. The tactics is alive and well. And I think at this point it's one of those, like... Oh shit! They're doing Metal Slug. Let's do Shining Force because that's a thing right. that people know and like. I, I wish it wasn't mobile though. I'm not gonna lie. I wish. I it mean, was, yeah, it was something a little bit more than that. Honestly, I remember playing. I remember playing the first Shining Force. I'm pretty sure it's on the uh, the Genesis collection for the Xbox 360. I played a little bit of it, not like a lot, a lot of it, but I mean enough to know what it is and like tactics are my jam. Right, but. I again, like you'd said, you don't want it on mobile. And from playing that Fire Emblem mobile game, I already can see the many ways that they're going to try to monetize it, and eventually, it's going to get in the way of the actual experience and not be what people want. Right, right, right. I agree. Um, all right. So then, moving on, uh, I'll do one more. Then you can do one. Then I'll finish it off. How does that sound? Okay. 
All right, so the other one I want to talk about is Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. it's been a while since we talked about Cyberpunk. They finally got onto the PlayStation Store, Neil. They yeah. skyrocketed to number one on the PlayStation Store. And guess what? It's not even in the top ten anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's dropped out of the top ten at this point. Uh, one month after going into the, into the number one. Uh, and you want to know why? Because it's still a shitty game. Still a shitty game, ladies and gentlemen. Still a shitty game. Yeah, I think that boils down to <clears throat> like those who wanted to get it were gonna get it. It's not. It, it's to this point. It's had such a saga behind it. You know, if people have been turned off to it, they're turned off to it. They're not going to want it. The only people that bought it were the ones who were going to buy it whenever it went up, you know, mm -hmm. and then got taken back down yeah. or did buy it at that point, got refunds and decided, hey, maybe I'll try it out again. Yeah. That's yeah. and that's why it shot up, stayed there for like a month and went back down. That's I I, I don't know. I I'm wondering what is going to happen with Cyberpunk. I saw an article a little bit ago that apparently just some dude, I guess it's just a person who plays the game, just decided to make his own patch because <laughs> CDPR has just taken too long with it. Right. At this point, there's been such radio silence from them. I mean, they, they did the same. Hello Games did the same thing with No Man's Sky, but... I feel like the No Man's Sky situation was a totally different beast than what this is. Right, right, yeah. It's a it's a completely different beast, and that's 100% true. And that's why No Man's Sky is flourishing. The other thing, too, is while No Man's Sky kind of false represented themselves, they have done everything in their power to bring that game uh, to where it's supposed to be. Uh, they also, when they got all the flack, they shut the fuck up and they worked on the game and they did what they had to to get it to the place where, honestly, I like No Man's Sky. It they're still adding stuff to it. There's another an, an another thing they're gonna add to it soon. We, we're not exactly sure what it's gonna be, but another feature they're gonna add to it. They finally gotten to that game to the place where it was supposed to be when it launched. Whereas. I don't see any forward motion from Cyberpunk. Uh, everything I've seen online says they've basically gone quiet on it, uh, that there hasn't been any real big updates, uh, and that while they've promised all this DLC, none of it's come out. It's just been patches and patches, and then that's it. So, I don't know. There's there's rumors that they're going to quietly, softly relaunch it. Um, I don't know. I, I think that that it's a different beast because the level of subversion, the level of lying that was given to us by CD Projekt Red, just, it's so much higher than what we got in No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky, they, they've been working every day to make it what they promised us in the first place. You don't see anything, any of that from CD Projekt Red. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a real problem. Uh, so my final one, is a little bit more techie, but uh, it's more bullshit about Blizzard. They, they just keep fucking up. They just keep fucking up. Uh, and this one is a little bit... Sh I, I don't know. I read this story because I didn't quite understand it. Uh, and uh, it, it just bothered me to the core, so I just felt like I had to, uh, to share it. Diablo 2 
will not be launching with TCP. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Was I supposed to give you one now? I mean, you're fine. You're already right, started. Right. So sorry, just sorry. go ahead. You're fine. Uh, it's my brain, Neil. I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to step on toes. Uh, it will, it will, it will have no TCP slash IP support. Now, what oh. this means, if you don't, if you're not super into things, okay, is that is that you will have to use Blizz.net to play it. Period. Whereas before Diablo 2 was something where you could actually connect peer to peer, you could connect to other players directly. Uh, they're not letting you do that anymore. Uh, they have been they they're what they said is that. They removed it because of potential security risks, uh, and they want to safeguard their player experience. And everybody's like, that's bullshit. You want us on BlizzNet. That's it. You want to force us on BlizzNet uh, so that you control everything we see. Uh, and, and yeah, people are really upset about it. Really upset about it. So, yeah. So there won't be any, like, private games. There won't be any private stuff. Uh, via peer-to-peer, -peer, it all has to go through Blizznet, uh, just like just like everything else that they they do, which is uh, kind of fucked up, in my opinion. Uh, and and what's crazy is the reasoning that they gave is, oh well, you know, security. Literally, TCP/IP is transmission control protocol. Right. <laughs> it is. It is right. like the act of connecting between computers and the way to do it properly i don't i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand They're doing it's this... like they want to piss people off yeah. like they want to yeah. find new ways to yeah. piss people off yeah. i don't get blizzard I mean, slash Activision. I the guess. the reason they're doing this is very clear to me. Uh, this removes any ability to do smaller mods or or any good modding uh, in a in a in a private not a private sector, but you know what I mean, like 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 private third party people modding, which Diablo two was heavily modded back in the day. You know what I mean? Uh, so they're 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 taking that away. They don't want that. They want it all to come through them and. You know that means so that they can monetize it, <laughs> so that they can cram stuff down your throat. Uh, the, the crazy thing is too, like if if that's what they're going for, I mean, why don't they just do like they did with the the Warcraft Reforged and just put in the EULA that they own anything that you make for it too? Why the hell not at this point? I just right at this point that understand. would be better than what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, man. I mean, who cares though? Because you know, Activision's yeah. share prices are going up. Heaven I mean, forbid that we talk that that they have you know any other news that <laughs> come out anything that's good. I mean, there's the whole Cosby suite thing, which right. if if you if you right. haven't looked into that, I don't want to get in on a tangent on that. But yeah, you want to know some ridiculous, crazy shit that they've done? Just google that and that's the most recent thing that's come out of this whole situation i don't understand activision blizzard i never really liked like any blizzard games in the first place like right. just as games you know taking the whole stupid shit that they do you know out of consideration right but like this is extra like i don't know how they can continue to operate I don't either. With how much bad shit that they've been doing 
business-wise, and especially as of late, like, human-wise. I mean, and and really, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, at this point, that kind of a story coming out is almost like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, they're, 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 they're like violating human rights over here. Like, okay. And, and it makes me wonder too, if they were like, well, we were going to do this thing anyway. So we got all this other stuff going on. Let's just drop that now. So maybe it'll get buried by all the other shit that we're doing. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, be surprised if that was like an actual strategical, tactical let's, business move. Let's on their part. use the sexual harassment scandal to shield us from the TCP IP scandal. Yeah, I, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. All right, well, that's it for me and Odds and Ends, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're done too, right? Oh, I had the one more. Oh, god damn. I've just completely forgot. It's okay. About I guess it's not important. No, no, no. Go. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm sorry. Well, it, it is actually something that kind of frustrates me, and I kind of get it, but whatever. So, um,. From Halo, Halo Reach and Halo 4 and Halo 5, they all have assassinations. So, in, uh, it, it, as you have not played those games, um, in the previous games, whenever you were to melee somebody from behind, it's, it's the assassination, but nothing happens. You just kind of punch them in the back of the head and they die. Right. Um, well, in those in later games, they added assassinations to where you actually get a third-person animation when you do it. Okay. And there, they started out cool, and they got better as time went on. Uh, so, <coughs> like for for me, it's one of those things that it's like, man, those are awesome. Uh, but they have said that assassinations will not be in Halo Infinite at launch. Really? Yeah, they said, and they they kind of have a point because doing the assassination puts you at a disadvantage. So you can choose to, if you just hit your melee button, you'll do the standard punch from behind and kill somebody. But if you push it and hold it, you'll go into the assassination. But when you go into the assassination, you're not safe. Mm. So you have a quick little like two second cutscene essentially that happens. In that period of time, you can still be killed. Oh. So... They 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 said it puts people who use it as a disadvantage, and they why don't want they just make to... them? Why don't they just give them iframes while they're assassinating somebody? I I don't know. I mean, they did. There are cool moments that can happen. So like, there are certain like special medals that you can get in multiplayer, like Showstopper uh, and Yoink. So like, if you kill somebody who is in the middle of being assassinated before the person finishes assassinating them, you'll get a Yoink. So it gives you the credit for the kill. And then oh. there's Showstopper if you kill someone who is assassinating someone else. So, and those are cool-ass medals to get, and I love when I get those medals. Um, and I love the assassinations. Honestly, nine times out of ten, I go for the assassination just because right. it's so fun and satisfying. But they, because it puts you at a disadvantage, they're like, oh, we don't want people to, you know be put on a different level of play than other people so we're going to bring them back when they add something meaningful to meaningful to the gameplay whatever that could entail uh it's just kind of a bummer for me honestly that, that they're cutting those that is a bummer man i, I i'm not gonna lie I, I don't have high hope 
for Halo Infinite. Not even because of Halo Infinite, just because I don't trust AAA games anymore. Like, I'm just, I just don't trust them. I don't trust them at all anymore. Like they've just let me down so many times in the last like two years that like yeah, I just I just don't have it in me anymore to be like that's gonna be a good game. It's just like nah, it's gonna it's gonna suck just like everything else. It's gonna come out. It's gonna have a ton of fucking bugs. Everybody's gonna compare it to No Man's Sky. Everybody's gonna be like, can they pull a comeback? And I'm just I'm just so sick of it. I'm just so sick of the rigmarole. I'm so sick of the 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 crap. You know, I I AAA games. I just I, I don't know. I, I'm having such a hard time getting behind any AAA game I've seen announced. <laughs> right. And I don't know. But all right. Well, let's let's get this done. Get out of here. Sure. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self promotion that comes with it. Neil, you got anything you want to promote this week? Uh, no, we're, uh, we're going to, uh, be recording. I'm going to assume it's the last half because that's how long <laughs> it's taken us of, uh, the next season of the, uh, the final part of the Halo three ODST, uh, season four of Halo infinite road. Uh, and, uh, we're going to finish that to say that we did it, I guess. And then move <laughs> on to Halo Reach, which I am excited for. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I was more excited for ODST. I think we'll probably do one more thing of just Firefight. Maybe we'll do like yeah, we'll like probably do yeah three episodes like, of Firefight or something like that. Something just like to, that. Just to pad out season four. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, we're almost done with that. I've actually enjoyed this season. I actually kind of enjoyed this season so far a little bit more than last season. I think we've been a little bit funnier this time around. Um, yeah, with this with this one, I don't know. I, so far, it just feels easier. And mm -hmm. aside from the last the last episode that we did in the previous recording session, like mm -hmm. I know I haven't even died. Uh. I don't think you did either. I don't think so. I might have died once or twice. I, I no, I died once. Wrong. I died once because the the car rolled over me. Remember? I, it's, I it's think that might have been. Two. I don't know. We I, I I know the time that I died. I'm pretty sure it was in a vehicle because like I came around the corner and something stupid happened or something yeah. like that. But yeah, yeah like, I don't know. I feel I, I the got out of the car started to flip and it kicked me out of the car but then the car kept rolling and it just killed me yeah i i don't know i feel like this this game i had not played odst before so right. i'm going into it completely fresh and it doesn't feel as difficult even though i always thought of it as the oh you're just a human ass human who's squishy you're not master chief you're gonna die fast has right. not felt that way <laughs> right 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 yeah um, as far as me uh, and my uh, my uh, 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 plugs, I have a date. I announced it on OMFD. I will announce it here. We have a date for the premiere episode of OMGW Season 3, and that will be September the 13th, Monday, uh, at 3 p.m. We will be premiering Season 3, and then it will run for 16 weeks. Uh, before we take another big break, before a bonus round, and then a season four, inevitably. Uh, but yeah, so September three thirteenth, mark your calendar, everybody. I'm very excited for that. Other than that, you know the normal stuff. I do want to say, uh, 
I played um, this last prelude that we did was Kill It With Fire with my wife, but we actually played two episodes of Sonic Mania. Oh. Yeah, because everybody really liked watching Melissa play Sonic, apparently. So <laughs> those will be coming out. And then Stella's show has Streets of Rage 4 for the, <laughs> for the next two episodes, which I am super excited about. They're great episodes. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Halo Infinite uh, Road. I've got Wasteland 330, which is chugging along nicely. And then uh, we've got all our streams, which we do. It's It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun on the channel uh, lately. So check out everything we have to offer. We, re we release probably about 10 videos for one week of time. So uh, there's something for everybody. Uh, other than that, you can contact us too if you want to on Facebook at OldManGamingDH. You can talk to us on Twitter at OldManGaming9. You can also join our Discord. The link is in the description below. Uh, and you can influence this and all of our shows from there. Uh, we appreciate your view. Uh, and as long as you keep watching and listening all our stuff, we'll keep making it. See you guys next week. Neglected to bring uh, Sunblock. <laughs> yeah. And weirdly only burnt half of my forehead, the tip of my nose, <laughs> and my knees. That's always Don't how it is. That with, that's always how it is with sunburns. You never get sunburn in like a, a symmetrical pattern. It's always like the tip of your elbow and one finger and a fucking cheek, you know? Oh, I, uh, this past, uh, the 4th of July, I magically had that off, so I went over to, uh, my grandpa's house, and he's got a in-ground pool, so, mm -hmm. like, that's where everybody hangs out in the summer, and they were having a whole cookout thing, so I got over there, it was about 11 o'clock, and put sunblock on once. I always forget that you have to, like, reapply it, uh, and it was, like, 90, 91, not a cloud in the sky that day. I was in the pool from about 11.30 all the way straight through till 6. <laughs> oh, I I got something that's, uh, that's apparently, I googled it, it's called Hell Itch. Um, my burn was so deep, I actually got blisters and it went, it was almost, it was like the equivalent to like a second or third degree burn that burns below the skin. So when it starts healing, it feels like bugs are crawling under your skin constantly. Yeah. Oh, it is, it is nightmare inducing. And the worst part is when you try to use like aloe gel or anything, it actually makes it worse. So you have to just fucking take it. <laughs> yeah, that's no fun. That's no, no fucking fun.